episode of five inside the scoreboard we got a special guest in the building trevor brown varsity db coach for olympic and uh jv head coach and we also got corey over there yes sir back again episode man episode five appreciate y'all tuning in yes sir the quarantine edition all right we're gonna jump right into it what was you guys thoughts on last dance man me I, w- I would have to say I loved it. I, w- I would have to say I loved it. I was excited when I first heard that they were moving the, the documentary up from the June, original June date. Um, I feel like it was perfect timing, especially with everything going on. Overall, it gave me a better feel for Mike. I feel like before, you know, we feel like we know him growing up as kids. You just know that's the GOAT, you know, and as you get older, you see film, you see footage that just reiterates that. At least for me, it was. Uh, and then the, the documentary itself for me, it really showed the dog. It really showed, you think, you know, you think we see it replicated even today because we got some tough dogs today. You know what I'm saying? But Mike was really different. He didn't care about what you thought. He didn't, he wasn't trying to appease anybody. Mike was a killer. And I feel like the documentary was just the in-depth look at that. What you thinking, Trevor? You know, uh, first off, thanks for having me on the show, guys, man. I appreciate it. Um, you know, what, what I felt, what I felt, what I saw from the documentary is, like Corey said, man, this is Michael Jordan. We didn't get to see him play, you know. We didn't get to, we didn't grow up watching him play. Um, we got to see his killer instinct, his talent, man. It just put him in the top for it, the kids that watch LeBron James, Kobe Bryant. You know, we get we get to see Michael Jordan. So, and we see a guy that really he he shows us that he's one of the, he's the goat. You know what I'm saying? He shows us that his mentality and the way he plays the game, man. And I, I'm excited. I love the first four shows, man. I'm ready to see some more. So, yeah, uh, I agree with all those points. Like you said, it's kind of like crazy how Kobe kind of like patterned his game, his personality, and everything, his swagger, the way he carries himself, like right after, just like Mike. And another thing I took away from it was like um, the physicality. I think a lot of people were surprised how like tough the bad boy Pistons were back then. I think, you know, everybody's trying to compare LeBron, how he would do. And I think, uh, for me personally, I just think he would adapt his game just like Jordan. But overall, man, I just think it's a well-put documentary. For sure, for sure. Another takeaway, I think, is uh, just how everybody was surprised at um, how Scottie Pittman was – I think he was on a seven-year, $18 million contract and how underpaid he was at the time. Yeah, with that, uh, you know, Scottie Pittman was easily the second-best player on that team. And to see that he just got paid, what, you said seven years, 18 million? That's ridiculous. 18 yeah, 18 million, that's ridiculous, man. So the guy played defense, he got rebounds. You know, he was a, he was a sidekick to Jordan. And Jordan even said it, without Scotty, it wouldn't be no Michael. So, you know, I think he was, he was underpaid. And um, it's just ridiculous to think of him not getting his money that he deserved at that time. Yeah. I guess it's probably because he signed the contract. So, you know, you can't really blame management. It's a good deal at the time. I think the uh, the owner uh, told Scott, are you sure you want to sign this contract? And he said, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he was kind of thinking about his family, you know, taking care of them instead of, like, thinking of the long run and how, like, um, how how big the NBA blew up because of Mike, you know, and the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, I think uh, I think you made a good point. It just it just was bad timing, really, for Scotty, a unique unique situation, really. Uh, that having that kind of caliber of talent, he just kind of grew at the, I mean, he kind of developed his game at the worst time. I don't think uh, signing, like you said, he anticipated the the stock growth of the Chicago Bulls, the league itself. He kind of showed himself a little short, but, you know, definitely, definitely a big point that was highlighted 
through the documentary that I, I didn't know nothing about. Uh, did you guys, I mean, how's y'all feel about the GM? I know a lot of people was kind of trashing him, saying, you know, he was trying to break, break him up and everything. Uh, Trevor, what's your thoughts on that? Man, I, when I first was watching it, you know, I try to, I try to give him the benefit of doubt, but after a while, this is my personal feeling towards him. I just think he broke up something that could just be, could have been the best or is the best franchise or basketball team in NBA history. Uh, I felt like he let his ego get ahead of him. I felt like he wanted the, I want, he wanted the credit for the team, and uh, he saw Michael and Scotty was getting all the credit, and um, it's it's a shame that he felt that way because, you know, I, that team was great. And I think it could have been at least he could that team could have won two one or two more championships if they would have stayed together. So at least, I feel like at least one, at least. Yeah, know. they could have got another one. So I I, I don't I don't know why he, I I don't know why he felt that way. You know, if I was in his position, I wouldn't have I, my personality. I wouldn't have felt bad about it. I wouldn't have been upset about it. But you know, people are different, and um, I don't know him personally, so I can't really speak on it. So yeah, I feel like his ego definitely like uh, called Chicago like another uh, championship run. Yeah, I mean, Kraus is a, is a hater overall today. We would definitely call him a hater. <laughs> uh, he saw Mike was taking off. He felt like he deserved some credit. And once he didn't get it, you know, he he, he felt like he needed to break him up. I've, I've never heard, even to this day, a GM come out and make a statement like that about a team like that. You know what I mean? Like, like it's what, not what, like – What statement are you talking about in particular? <clears throat> Well, at least the timing of the statement when he referenced and told Phil, excuse me, he told Phil Jackson that um, he wasn't, he, he told him offhand before coming into the season, you are not going to be the Bulls head coach. This okay, is gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Post-championship, of course, post-championship, yeah. you know, you're not going to be the guy coming in. I just didn't understand that. Yeah, he, let the, he let the media know that too. You know, he was like, yeah, this is going to be, uh, I think he said this is going to be Phil's last year coaching the team. I mean, and they and they were they were a favorite to win that year. I just didn't understand where it was coming. You know what I mean? Like it's it's it, that right there identified a clear, a glaring, glaring problem. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't it wasn't the team itself. It was upstairs management to me. Yeah, I feel like he just took everything for granted. You know, you got Michael Jordan. I mean, you can't find no Michael Jordan. You can't find no Scottie Pippen. And he, at least not that quick. You know, you're trying to rebuild and retool. But man, you got championships. You don't you don't rebuild when you you like a championship contender every year. Yeah, you should keep that thing going until until it fails. My personal beliefs, like until they don't win it, like Michael Jordan said in documentary, we are the champions until we don't win it. So I would have kept them guys around until you know until until it was the end. So yeah, I don't know what was his uh, what was his issue because you know Phil Jackson was his guy once he uh, he uh, got rid of Phil. Uh, is it Doug, Doug Collins? Doug Collins. Doug Collins. Yeah, he got rid of Doug Collins and then uh, got Phil up in there. So Phil was supposed to be his guy. You know, and then he's just saying it's his last year. I mean, the triangle, you, you see it work. So, I don't got six rings out of it. And then, you know, yeah. also, you heard Michael say, if Phil's not coaching, I'm not playing. So, it's like he had – it's like he had some type of animosity towards the whole coaching staff and team. Yeah. You know, I think he knew he couldn't go for Mike. You know what I'm saying? He knew he couldn't say, say nothing like that about Mike because that's Mike. So, yeah. he going to go for the next – and you can't really – he made it clear you can't say nothing about – about Scotty, you know what I'm saying? Well, Scotty kind of already had his feelings about it. So, Phil was just really the next thing going. Mm -hmm. What y'all think about um, Dennis Rodman effect? You know, with Dennis, he battled so hard against the Pistons, you know, you know what I'm saying, against Dennis Rodman. Mm -hmm. And then 
to kind of see Dennis Rodman come and play for uh, Chicago, how how important do y'all feel like that is, Jamal? I mean, I thought it was big, man. You know, somebody that can help uh, just guard perimeter players and uh, the bigs and get every almost every rebound, you know. Uh, Dennis Rodman ain't no scrub. I know he do a lot of antics people look at, but he's actually what some of these players today think they are. You know, like the Pat Bevs and everybody, like, you, you're not that guy. You're not the Dennis Rodman. You're, you're a good player, but you're not, you know, a Hall of Famer. I just think people really get an inside look of how good he was. No, I, my thoughts on it, I, I think Dennis Rodman, Rodman is a great player. You know, he did a lot of the dirty work, rebounds, uh, block shots, you know, and uh, I like players like that. You know, they don't want to be the guy to get all the points. They don't want to be the guy to go out there and have to score 30 points. They just want to do the dirty work and let everybody else shine. So it takes a special type of person to do the dirty work on any team in any sport to make sure the success of the whole team is uh, is, is happens. So, you know, I, I like Dennis. You know, I think he's a great player, and I think he was good for the, the game of basketball in a sense. A lot of people should embrace that role as in do the dirty work type of player, you know, so – What's the what's the closest thing we got to Dennis? What's the closest thing we got to Dennis right now? I heard I heard you say uh, Jamal, you know, Pat Bev guys that try to strive to to make it make a point on the yeah, defensive part of the mentality. Yeah, man, because you want to say who's that guy like that's like Dennis Rodman? You know, Dennis Rodman is pretty much a defender, rebounder, and offensively, I mean, I guess they get to put back here and there, but he got a couple like zero point games and twenty point rebound games, so. At the top of my head, I can't think of nobody. You kind of got – you can think of a combination of guys like uh, Pat Bev, a Kawhi Leonard, possibly mm-hmm. a Draymond, but you can't really think of one guy that, like, really fits that mold of uh, Dennis Rock. Uh, I think – no, my fault. Continue. No, y- y'all got anybody in mind? I can't, uh, can't think of one. I think this might be a stretch, but, you know, this guy that I think he's a way better offensive threat than Dennis, but a guy like Iggy for the later on in his career, um, when he played for the Warriors, the guy was playing defense, getting rebounds, and he would hit down, knock down a bucket in the clutch time. So I think a guy, when you talk about a guy that knows his role on a team, on a great team, I think you can kind of put Iggy in there. Uh, it's not the same, like I said, because Iggy definitely is more of an offensive threat than Dennis was. But um, I think Iggy is kind of, you know, similar to that role as well. I can I can hear I can hear that as far as the role you know what I mean like it's, as far as the role because it, it's like you said it's a lot of guys now who that's kind of like a that's like a, a a bad job to have almost you know what I mean it's like it's not a term of endearment so guys are now kind of shy away and I think that's that's probably one of the problems that we have in the league right now everybody want to be the same kind of player you know what I mean uh, I think we do have uh, small highlights with Kawhi with things like that but it's it's few and far between. Yeah, I mean, Dennis was a star, so I wouldn't say Iggy. Iggy's, you know, Iggy's a good player, but he's not a star. You know, Dennis Rodman was like a rock star. What? He dated who he wanted, party whenever he wanted to. You saw in the documentary. I mean, it's, we're going to talk just basketball-wise. Okay. You talking about superstar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Dennis was like, you know, he, yeah, he was like a superstar, you know. Even though yeah. Kawhi's not a superstar, but, you know, he's clearly a star player. That's the only reason. I feel like uh, he's a better defender than uh, Iggy, you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is me. I mean, how'd y'all feel about uh, Jordan kind of taking, uh, uh, well, the whole Dennis Rodman going to Vegas to take because he needed a vacation? Uh, uh, 
I don't agree. I mean, I don't personally don't agree with it because I just don't agree with somebody taking a like if he got a vacation, why everybody else can't get a vacation, you know? Um, you know, I I, exactly I wasn't there, you know, I I believe in everybody's here on time and be on time and everybody's do the same work. So, if some of one of your best players, Dennis Rodman, or Steve Kerr, asked for a vacation and they really needed it, who are you gonna give it to? Vacation during the off season, man. We working right now. That's my belief. No, nobody getting a vacation, Trevor. You're not letting them on vacation. If Michael Jordan asked for a vacation, is are we in the season? What are we doing? Yeah, like, it's like just like what it was. The whole scenario. Steve, well, Steve Kerr come up. Hey, I want vacation. You know, I just need to take my mind off for a few days. But do we have games though, Dave? Yeah, probably, you know, let's just say I did. I'm not sure back then they did, but yeah. In this scenario. Is he missing a game? I don't know yeah, about that. Yeah, if game. they miss a game. I mean, they do it now, you know. And the guys, they ain't even going on vacation. They just don't want to play. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. My my personality, I don't. I, I like to work, man. I like to get to it. So I can't imagine a star player. I, I'm a type of person, you're going to, the star player needs to be the leader, right? So if a star player asks for vacation, what are you telling the rest of the team? To me personally, that's just how I feel. Yeah, I just think it's different with different uh, different personalities in there, right? I feel yeah. like I feel like they put they put him in a spot. You know what I'm saying? Dennis Dennis was different. Dennis, at least from from what I'm seeing here, we all know with the antics. Dennis was different to say to say the least. Uh, I feel like it was a necessary evil that they kind of had to had to you know not like they kind of had to agree with man. You know I don't know I don't know how Dennis would have I don't know if Dennis would have not went had they said no. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think he would have went either way, to be honest. I think he was just like, man, fuck it, I got to go. You know, he was, yeah. you know, he seemed like the guy that's kind of like spontaneous. And if you want to take his mind off things, I think he was probably, in his eyes, doing them a favor of asking to go, you know. Because see, he, to me, he got that personality where he was like, man, fuck it, I'm going to just go. That's what, that's what I, I could see him, that's what I saw him doing had they said no, you know. It's, it's crazy how Mike had all that pull that Phil Jackson came to Mike. He ain't, gonna, he ain't gonna go to the GM, the owner. He came straight to Mike and was like, "Hey, you cool with Dennis taking a vacation?" <laughs> Man, I mean, if I'm, getting, I'm looking yeah. at Mike like, like, come on. But I guess, I guess during that time, they understand that's the boss right there. Yeah, I don't know. They said Mike went down there to get him. I think Mike spent a few days down there himself. You know, <laughs> took a day, you know, to go get Dennis. You know, he probably you know gambled, got a little drink on, then got Dennis and got a powder. Yeah, probably. Any other, uh, like, thoughts on the last dance or anything like that? Man, I'm ready for I'm ready for the next one, man, really. I'm just ready for them to go ahead and roll out the, the next few. I'm excited to see what they get into. I know Kobe, yeah. I think a Kobe, uh, a Kobe mention is in the next one to come. I think I see that in the, either five or six. Yeah, I know he's, he's definitely, because I know he's on the documentary as far as speaking of Michael Jordan and everything, uh, R.P. Kobe and uh, – but yeah, I, it's gonna be uh, cool to kind of see his uh, perspective on Mike. You know how much he idolized him, look, looked up to him. Absolutely. Yeah, yo. yeah, I'm excited to see the rest too, man. I'm just, I'm ready to watch the next two shows and get to it, man. Hey, quick you question, man. Uh, my bad, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you know they said Scotty, you know when they asked Michael about the, uh, it's when they played Detroit, and they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals, and Scotty Pittman had a migraine. Yeah. Did you see how Mike kind of was like, oh, you're talking about the migraine thing? Like, he seemed like he felt like he wanted to say a little bit more about the migraine. Like, he didn't like, he didn't like that move at all, that he just quit. 
I never had a migraine. I don't know. Have you guys had a migraine before? So I don't want to. I don't. Uh, uh, I mean, like, my, I have family members that suffer from constant migraines, and uh, from what I hear, is you can't see, you can't, you feel like you're about to throw up. You can't really. The light, any type of light, is sensitive to you. So personally, I don't think I ever had a migraine. I don't think so, but I have seen people in my family have migraines and um, medical. They have, you know, medical issues with migraines. So I, th if he had one, it's hard to play with one. You know, and you can't. The autumn lights and flashing and stuff. So it's hard. It's funny out of all them games that he done played in his career. <laughs> this the yeah, game. Migraines. Migraine. Now, I mean, I'm just saying this thing. Come on now. Come like, on you know, now. A closeout game, getting guarded by Dennis Rodman. I think he was, I think he only hit one shot, and just gonna. He couldn't him. see. He couldn't see, man. Let's not blame him for one game. He oh, been no, there like for Jordan. He felt some type of way. He was all you talking. Yeah. About like you can see in his face. No, he didn't hide it at all, man. He was all I mean, he lost. He of course he's gonna be upset. He lost that game. You know, <laughs> he he's a winner. He wants to win, so he just he doesn't care. About anything else, he just wants to win. So, I mean, did Jordan ever play with a migraine? I mean, he played with Jordan played with the flu? Yeah. So yeah. he says. You can see, though, with the flu. <laughs> <laughs> hey. You know what I'm saying? Scotty could right. see, man. Scotty could see. Scotty just wasn't feeling good. And he felt like he, you know, he could go sit. He should go sit on the bench, man. Yeah, I'm I not think, mad at Mike. Mike I think Robin got his head, man. I think that's what really happened. Robin got in his head. I was like, man, I can't oh. have fooling with that man right now. Man. I'm yeah. sure Mike felt like he could have pushed through that mentally. He could have pushed through that. Yeah, we could rest him a little bit. Yeah. Man, you know, I, I stayed on green. You know, Mike always in the documentary, he's like referenced, like leaving it all out there on the court when the game's on. So, I mean, Scotty could have pulled the Paul Pierce, you know, go out on the wheelchair, you know, and then come back out. Come back in, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? My man could have took an Advil, something, but. Everybody don't, don't have migraines. I don't want to speak on it because I I done had headaches, but not migraines. So. And when you had a headache, did you want to play basketball? Headaches don't bother me like that. It's just like, did, like, did you want to play basketball? Yeah. Basketball, whatever. No, you didn't. Go out. No, you didn't. You know? Headaches don't bother me like that. I tell you right now, a headache will put me down. For real. Yes. <laughs> I know a migraine. Will put We're gonna uh, transition here. Uh, the NFL draft for this past well, this past weekend, pretty much. Uh, any main takeaway? <laughs> any main takeaways that y'all took from the draft? I guess we gonna let you just start off first with your teams. The, uh, the Ravens. Hey, listen, I'm not mad, man. I love pick. I love the picks. I feel like at least my team personally, we got better at least on the and on the defensive end of the ball, especially with the pickup of Patrick Queen. Uh, out of the LSU, another versatile linebacker. That's just that's just my favorite, obvious reasons why. Uh, but outside of that, uh, good move by the pants. Uh, Trevor, you got anything? I know you really really uh, focused in on this year's draft. Um, you know, you know, I'm a Panthers fan, so I liked what we did on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, uh, we picked we picked all defensive players, and I think that's the first time it ever happened in 30 plus years uh, with the Browns. I'm yeah, you know, don't quote me on that. But um, you know, I'm excited. I think we got a lot of young talent for the Panthers, and uh, I'm just ready to see what they can do, man. You know, so well, you and that. everybody, all the teams made great picks. I think most of the teams didn't go wrong, so to speak. You know, a lot yeah. of teams made some great picks, great athletes out there, and I'm ready to see what these young guys can do. Yeah. So I know 
as a Panther fan, I, you probably seen, seen the comments. I heard the comments about people uh, bashing on uh, Derrick Brown, saying we should pick Simmons instead of Derrick Brown. Do you feel the same way? Or are you kind of like, it is what it is. We got a good player, so I'm cool either way. Yeah, uh, with me being a defensive guy, you know, I played defense my whole life. Uh, played defense on the Division Two level. Uh, I coach defense now, and uh, one of my mentors, one of my mentors, Darren Hart, he was the defensive coordinator for Olympic High School, won multiple championships. He played for ECU in the '90s. Um, this guy, you know, one thing he told me is, you can't do nothing without the front, defensive line, offensive line. So uh, I think the reason why we went with Derrick Brown in the first round is so we can just attack the front and have the front locked down so everybody else can run around and make plays. Um, like I said, you can't stop the run. You can't stop anything. So I think Derrick Brown is a great athlete, and I think he's going to really make a difference up there on the line this year. Yeah, I'll, I kind of see how people just started just bashing the pick and everything. I thought it was a good pick. Uh, I mean, Isaiah uh, Simmons, that was kind of like the out-the-box, not out-the-box, just like a versatile athlete. And so he was like kind of like the, the cool toy, shiny toy to pick from. And it seemed like they wanted the Porsche and the Panthers went with the F-150. Um, but, yeah, you was right, though. You kind of got to control the game with the trenches. We saw last year how Luke Keekley won the uh, all-decade linebacker, you know, for the last decade. And he was getting uh, – just getting ate up in the run game. Not him personally, but the whole defense. I mean, you can have a great linebacker and then you can still get ran on. And our defensive tackles, even though they were decent, they were good. They're just a little older, Dante Poe and Gerald McCoy. But they just got ran on easily. I think you just say they had to rebuild. Uh, you see, like, Tampa's super good with the run game, and they got uh, a Donald Kasu. And then the Rams, they, they're they pretty good in the run game with the Aaron Donald. So it, it starts in the trenches and everything. So I just think, which, well, rookie, he would have got eight up in the run game as well. If the Hall, a future Hall of Famer and Luke Keekley struggle against it. So. Exactly. And uh, another thing, we lost McCoy, Jerry McCoy. So I think and, we had to fill, fill the, a, a void there. Like, so we lost. I think, like you said, Isaiah Simmons is a great athlete. Like you said, I think he could be one of the best yeah. defensive players to play if he lives up to the hype. Uh, you see him make plays, fumble recoveries for touchdowns, interceptions, cover guys at, the, at Clemson. And like I said, he's a great player, but I just think we need to start up front first and then work our way back. They still got a, a great uh, athlete, um, Jeremy Chen. Um, I think it was Southern Illinois. I think the guy's like 6'3, 220. Yeah, like yeah, one inch vertical vertical jump. So I mean, he is super athletic safety. So you dig it like a superb athlete, and then you uh, got the DN out of Penn State, which I think is going to help with Brown Burns. But like I said, I'm cool with the Derrick Brown pick. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, I see, I see the Ravens, man. Y'all stacked up, man. Everybody giving y'all yeah. A's, y'all draft and everything. So y'all think y'all going to be y'all coming out the AFC? Or is it a little too soon? I feel like I feel like expecting anything less would be a loss. You know what I'm saying? Considering the hype, you know, the movement, you know how excited, especially I was, but other fans as well, and the league in general were just kind of excited about what was going on in Baltimore. It's hard not to be a fan of that boy back there throwing that ball. Lamar, I mean, he, he – big trust, big trust. <laughs> he, I, I like how he is on the field, off the field. I'm not going to switch gears. But, uh, yeah, man, I like the moves. Uh, how do y'all feel about the quarterbacks coming out? Big names, Joe Burrow. Uh, was one throwing around, uh, Jordan Love, another one. Uh, who, who do y'all feel is the best quarterback coming out, Trev? Joe Burrow, man, he don't he no more pick. You know, I, I feel like he's going to live up to the hype. I feel he had a – one thing, he had a great OC 
in uh, LSU. Um, I feel like he's a hard worker, and I feel that he's been doubted his whole life. So people might doubt him now because he had one great, great season, but I feel like his mentality and the way he works works hard. So I think he's going to be great this year, and I think he's going to uh, show a lot of people wrong. So, uh, Me personally, uh, I think two is the best talent in the draft as far as the quarterback position. Uh, Joe Burrow got showed me something. I mean, you, you, you proved something in one year, you know. Just because your offensive coordinator, you had great weapons, you know, great running back, two two great receivers. I just want to see more out of Joe Burrow. And he's going to a good situation, maybe not management-wise, but as far as, like, talent around him, having A.J. Green, uh, Boyd. Uh, what's the running back? I can't think of his name. What's the running back for Cincinnati? Uh, dang, I cannot think of his name. Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon. And they picked up T. Higgins. So he's going to a good place as far as talent-wise, but he's just got to prove it to me. I think two, the only thing, I feel like two would have been number one pick if it wasn't for the injury. I mean, every, everybody was trying to take the two, you know, and the injury, injury just caused him to drop down in the draft. And as far as the Jordan Love thing, uh, potential. I think he got the best potential. It's just easy to reach to take him in the first round. Um, the only good thing about that pick is he's getting to learn from Aaron Rodgers, however long he is a Green Bay Packer. And that's, that's true. Uh, I was actually going to go with Jordan uh, as well because of that very reason. Aaron has to be there. I mean, it's not – uh, Aaron just signed an extension. So it's just not feasible for them to get rid of him before the end of 2021. So I see Aaron Rodgers being there through 2021 um, where Jordan Love is going to benefit uh, – well, not through 2021, through this season, beginning of next season, I would expect Aaron Rodgers to be on another team. Jordan is going to benefit from him between now and then, for sure. I don't know, man. Aaron might say, pack his bags and go to, uh, go to um, uh, New England. I don't see that. Uh, is New England, England going to pay him, though? New England going to pick up that extension? I, I don't know. That's a big contract, but probably not. Bill Belichick ain't trying to pay nobody right now. And I see Bill was kind of dabbling with some uh, un, like uh, low-key quarterbacks he just brought yeah, on. So got, I'm excited uh, to see what they do. Because they drafted one guy, uh, I think Jerry Stidham last year. So I think he's going to go with him and Brian Horry. So we're going to see what Belichick does. I wouldn't be surprised also, if, if they do good. Also, uh, Andy Dalton just got released from the Bengals. So you never know. He might slip his way up to play for Bill. Um Another guy that I like is Justin Herbert from Oregon. You know, he's a sleeper. He's a, a four-year guy. Actually could have came out last year, but he decided to stay because he felt like he had unfinished business. Um, watching tape on him, he's a great all-pocket, all-round quarterback. He can, run, he can throw on a run. He can throw in the pocket. Uh, he's been in the same system for four years, and I think he's a, a field general. So I think we need to watch out for him, too. That's just how I feel about it. And uh, I think he's a sleeper in this draft. Yeah, I do like the North. Mm -hmm. I, I like the size he got in that arm power. I think he got potential, you know. I know I got uh, pro bowl, uh, all pro potential. He just got to put it all together. Uh, and he might get a chance to start this year because uh, I don't got my faith in Tyrod Taylor. I mean, he's a good – he's a serviceable quarterback with the right situation. I just don't – I just would rather go with uh, Herbert, you know. I feel like, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, don't want to shoot down Tyrod. I love to see, you know, guys working, but just as far as the, the direction of the team, I feel like you benefit as a franchise in no point in leaving Tyrod. You know what I mean? That starting quarterback, the team is not necessarily on the go for a Super Bowl run. I'm not saying they can't do it, but it's not. That's not really an expectation. So I feel like going well, with the younger guy. Right now. 
It's, I mean, from what I see off of Twitter and everything, Chargers fans think they're right there. They just need a quarterback. That's you crazy. Know, the O-line help, but yeah. So, they think they're right there. The defense is – they got some ta- a lot of talent on defense, too. So, I mean, so would y'all say he's better than Phillip Rivers? Who? Tyrod Tyrod Taylor or the guy that they just picked up? I don't think Tyrod Taylor is better than Phillip Rivers. I think uh, Justin Herbert, I mean, he's more of an athlete than Phillip Rivers. I mean, Phillip Rivers, I mean, you know, he kind of got that Jameis Winston thing where he's just going to air it out and then what happens happens. So I think it was was time to move on. I think Phillip is the gunslinger. You know, like, like Jamal said, he throws the ball down the field. He put pressures on the DBs. And as me, it's DB code. Whenever I see the ball goes 50 yards in the air, my heart stops, you know? So, and that's on Friday night, Friday night. So I can even imagine on Sundays how you feel when the ball's in the air with all these great athletes. So, um, like I said, uh, I don't think Tyrod is that type of quarterback, but I do think he can give you the, the, the simple throws. He can run an offense to, to what you need. But if you want to take it to the next level, I think Herbert is the quarterback to take it to the next level. Yeah, I can oh, see that. Speaking of uh, Jameis, uh, I'm pretty sure you guys saw he got picked up um, by New Orleans and New Orleans paid Taysom Hill, um, extended Taysom Hill uh, to a big contract. Not big. A pretty good contract for a guy that only threw or uh, made seven completions. So I don't, I don't know if that's a good amount of money on a tight end. I mean, how do y'all feel about that, son? You called him a tight end, man? And that's what he played, a tight end? He's the backup quarterback. No, he's a third screen quarterback. They only completed seven passes in the league. I like the pickup. I like the pickup for Jameis. Uh only because I see where his head's at. You, I saw um how he compared the Saints offense, the way they kind of move around the quarterback, Drew Brees being there. He referred to it as the Harvard of court of, of quarterback school, you know, teaching of quarterbacks. So I see where his mind is set is. Uh, as far as the 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 Mr. Hill contract don't really understand it. Uh, but hopefully coach got a plan for it. You know, Coach Payton, they they usually meticulous. They'll use them. They'll use them to say the least. They'll use them. Yeah, using that tight end and blocking. That's I mean, he's a gadget type player. I mean, like I don't think I don't think he's uh McCaffrey got more uh passing touchdowns than him. <laughs> so that's, that's that guy. I'm just saying that's that guy. Why didn't he start last year? Because you have a Hall of Fame quarterback in front of him. No, nah, man. Drew Brees got hurt. There was, he had Teddy we, on the team. We, uh, let's just go with Teddy with his injury problem. So. And y'all going to sign Teddy. And y'all going to go sign Teddy. Hey, shout out to Teddy. <laughs> Teddy's going to take us to the next level. Yeah, I'm a, I, got, Teddy. I, hope, I hope Teddy, man, I, I hope Teddy can take us to the promised land. I'm just joking about the injury stuff, but. <laughs> My- <laughs> Hill is not the guy, though. He's not the guy. Uh, my take on Jameis Winston, you know, I think he could, he could be a great quarterback. Like he says, he his stats tell it all. He's been balling. Um, <laughs> I think I don't agree with his training. You said his, his training. His I don't know if you've seen his videos. No, nah, I, I heard that. I don't agree with it, but you know, I don't. I'm not an NFL player at all. You know, I don't play in the league. Um, he played on the highest stage, and I think he can make a comeback. He can also compete. Be that backup quarterback, you know. If Drew Brees go down, I think he can step in and be a good guy. So, and also, I feel uh, Hill, he might take some reps away from tight end this year. He might try to be a quarterback. His focal point, you know. I heard him talking 
on an interview that he, he, he believes he can play quarterback in the league. So I, I'm all about giving guys a chance. Throw him in there. See what he can do. So I like that. I feel like Tampa Bay gave him the Tampa best Bay. setup. Like, you know what I mean? I know we could blame it on the team. And he's like, he had – he showed that he can throw the ball. He showed that he could put the ball in the end zone. But he also showed that he could put the ball in the other team's hands a lot. And we know in the NFL, we know in the NFL that's just not what you want in a franchise, Super Bowl-prone team. You know what I mean? I mean, quarterback, you just don't want that. I think it's more so the style of play that Bruce Arian, that offense, it's like an aired-out type of offense. So it's like, um, I think every time people bring up Bruce Arians, it's like, uh, I don't I don't want to butcher the quote, so I'm not going to say it. But anyway, they just, they he's okay with risking um, – throwing the ball out and have a risk for a turnover. I think um, then they were saying uh, Carson Palmer, uh, Peyton Manning, and a few other quarterbacks all had their highest uh, interceptions with uh, Bruce Arians, with their first year under Bruce Arians. So I think it's just really based on the, um, the offense. I think, I mean, I think James would be better, um, not only because I, I, I like the way Sean Payton uh, called plays, but also as, um, you know, James got that lazy eye surgery. I think that that's gonna help out. <laughs> we'll you see. know that Jameis is always quitting, bro. Y'all can't yep. tell me he's always quitting, man. So maybe he that knew. maybe that was the problem. So hopefully he he um he stopped spending money on crab legs and finally you know fixed his eyes. So I like that. I don't think he spent the money on that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I think um I think as far as other quarterbacks to keep an eye on. How do y'all feel about Aaron Rodgers? We just talked about Jordan Love. We briefly spoke about, you know, him playing. Do y'all see Aaron Rodgers going to a team? And, it, and which one? Jamal? Uh, you know, that's the same reason why LeBron left Cleveland the first time. They ain't giving no help. You got a, you got so many wide receivers. This is like the most uh, talented wide receiver uh, group as far as um, potential and talent. And you just passed on. They didn't even draft a receiver. And on top of that, you trade up to get Jordan Love and not get you any weapons. Or not even um, – I think San Francisco ran on him for about, like, 280 or something like that in the championship game. And you didn't get nobody on defense to help help against the run. So, I just feel like they're just wasting his uh, time. And I, I agree with that. I think Aaron Rodgers is one of the best playmakers at the quarterback position in the league. You know, he throws the ball – on the run, he can throw it across the field. You know, he makes these throws that just you, you don't think a quarterback should make. And um, like you said, I think he needs some help, and it's a shame. But uh, you, we see what happens when he has help around. He wins the Super Bowl. So I think he just needs some more help. I think he got to go. I think, uh, the be- you know, it's going to be time to go. I feel like the franchise. <laughs> even known, the franchise- no Green Bay fans hope he got to go. Nah, he got to go. He has to go, man. If y'all, if your franchise made this decision for them, you know what I mean. When they drafted Jordan Love, um, they made that decision. I mean, he, he to me, he's a Steph Curry of football as far as just interesting, really interesting plays. You know what I mean? You don't really know. He can do some things with a football that most guys don't from the quarterback position. So it's interesting. You got to take that talent while I think he's thirty six. Uh, he's getting up there. I know he's getting up there. Mm-hmm. Like 36. I believe he's 36. Yeah. Um, he got to go ahead. The top, the clock's running. I can see I can see Aaron Rodgers in a Super Bowl in the next three years. Just got to be the right situation. Maybe the Patriots. You never know. I don't know. His Steve. personality, I don't know. I would like to see that, but, I, you know, everybody tries to make Aaron Rodgers. It's like kind of, I don't want to say a diva, but, like, almost like that Kevin Durant thing where his 
you you kind of got to cater to his personality. You know, that's what yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know, and I know Belichick, even Gronk came out was like, you know, he, he loved winning, but you know, sometimes that stuff can get a little, uh, not stressful, but just overwhelming. So, you know, Tom Brady, how did y'all like uh, Gronk um, going to Tampa Bay? No, uh, uh, being a Panthers fan, I don't like it. I don't want to play Tom Brady. I don't, I don't want to play Gronk. Uh, I think Gronk is going to enjoy Tampa Bay, the weather. Um, my, in, my insiders, my source tells me that Tom Brady is playing golf every single day at the golf course. You know, I can't give away my insider, but um, I, think, I think he's going to be fine. You know, I think it's going to be a great situation. Like I said, if my team has to play him twice, and that's not who you want to see twice a year. So I think it's going to be fine. You don't want to see Gronk or Brady twice. Are you? I don't see I don't see both of them twice a year. I don't want to see them. You know, they already got that chemistry from from the Patriots, and I'm pretty sure uh, Brian Leftwich, the OC for Tampa Bay, is going to pick the brain of Tom Brady and take some stuff that the Patriots did that was successful. And it's going to be it might be a little not hard to stop them guys down there. You know, and they they might add some more weapons before it's all said and done. If, if guys in Tampa, man, I, I can only imagine where their minds at. Just I can kind of see where their minds at just from uh, social media. You know what I mean? Guys kind of excited when Tom announced he was coming there. I think that when guys buy into that program, everybody's under the same accord, under the same leadership, under the same, on the same page. It's going to be a problem. You know what I mean? Because you already got the chemistry of Tom and Gronk. They're going to dominate in the, the at least the – the tone in the locker room, I feel like that's going to do – that's going to be big for them alone. And then not to mention once guys buy in on both sides of it, he's going to set a new standard. That form, it's, it's something they're not used to. I think uh, Tampa will benefit. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good move for, um, as far as, like, the familiar familiarity um, with uh, Gronk and uh, – Gronk, I can't let's say Gronk and Gronk. Gronk and, Gronk and Tom Brady. And also, uh, I mean, you know, Gronk is a mismatch. I mean, people say he's the best tight end of all time. And – it's hard to you know argue against that just because he's a Gronk with six 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 seven, huge. You he's know, up there. so I mean, as long as he can be a red zone target, he can uh, move the chains. He's not as quick and fast as he used to be, but he's still uh, you still got to watch out for Gronk. My only concern with me is they have two other tight ends, uh, Cameron Bright and OJ Howard. I heard that they're gonna try to keep three of them, all three of them, um, but I'd heard of something else that OJ Howard really not feeling that so. I, I don't – I'm not sure what they're going to do with those three. I mean, they can do the two tight end set and then keep Gronk as a rotation guy, break him in and just for red zone type of plays. But it would be interesting to see. They got weapons, so they, they definitely don't have anything to worry about. And Gronk may not – we know – we I don't know where Gronk's head is as far as workload. I don't really know maybe what, what he's expecting coming into. And I'm, I'm sure Tom is expecting for him to be on the field most of the time. Yeah. Uh, so, we'll just – it'll be interesting, like you said, to see how they kind of play out. Um, yeah. And then, uh, not to mention, uh, other, other, since we already on the topic of veteran quarterbacks, what other quarterbacks do y'all feel? I'm not talking about rookies. I'm talking about guys where they, they, they'll get their window for winning guys who, who feel like their window for winning is, is shortening who needs to win and needs to win quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Me for a little, I would, I would just throw a name out there and not like kind of think about it. Uh, I would say, uh, I think you touched on the last episode, Matt Ryan. I don't think he needs to win, but I think that his situation more is on the head coach. But because Matt Ryan does have the talent, you know, there's no denying that. 
but to validate him as you know that guy, I think he needs to needs to get the, get that ring. You know, and another guy that I feel you might he might still be on the younger side, but I think it's time if that Prescott goes back to the Cowboys, I think it's is now or never right now. Um he's still pretty young, he's still got time, but I just think he needs to win if he really wanna get that big contract that he's looking for. So I for think the contract he needs to standpoint, I say, yeah, for the contract standpoint. But as long as he I feel like as long as he gets them kinda close in the playoffs, I think Cowboys fans is happy with that, to be honest, you know. Almost only counts in horseshoes. Last year was his last – it was his first season since he's been in the league that he was um, under 500. All right. I think – what, they were 8 and 8 last year? So, they mm-hmm. wasn't even under 500. Yeah. So, he'd never been under 500 as uh, since he's been in the league. So, yeah, I think a playoff win would help his contract uh, negotiations and get him paid. Um, another guy I just think would be Matt, Matthew Stafford. Another guy yeah. that puts up a lot of stats but hasn't yeah. really won. They haven't put the right pieces um, around him as well. But I think Matthew Stafford's like Tom, I mean, like one or two years. I just don't don't see him winning one anytime soon unless something crazy happens. I I like Matthew Stafford. Like you said, he doesn't have the weapons around him. You know, he's a great quarterback. He's a great leader. But he just never – he had Calvin Johnson that uh, retired early. Out of nowhere. (laughs) You see – who do you see him being – who do you see him having help with? He doesn't have help with anybody. So, I feel uh, like he needs pieces. He needs pieces. Yeah, he got a few, like, uh, young wide receiver. I think his name uh, – I cannot think of his name, but, like, uh, reached a 1,000 yards, I think, maybe back-to-back seasons. I can't think of the guy's name. So, he got uh, pieces here and there. I, just, I mean, for his sake, they need to, you know, bring it together because they're they wasted Barry Sanders' prime. They wasted Calvin Johnson's prime. Looks like they're doing the same with Matthew Stafford. So maybe, you know, they'll wake up and try to get some wins on their belt. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would hope so. You know, with um, just kind of direction of everything going, I would definitely hope so. I have a lot of things going on, man, with the NCAA. Y'all see, I'm sure y'all aware, uh, making that decision to – looks like they're going to start solidifying uh, ways that athletes can benefit off their name, likeness, things like that. Um, more importantly, it seems to be the uh, reaction after no, some notable players, some notable players of the class of 2020 were kind of re- reneging uh, on their college commitments, more particularly um, guys like Isaiah Todd, the guys like Deshaun Nix. And these are five-star players coming out, of, uh, coming out of the 2020 class. So it's kind of a big deal going to D1 schools like UCLA. And I believe Duke was even in a mention for Isaiah Todd both of which turned down college, you know, uh, college basketball opportunities to go pick up some real paper, like Jalen Green, the number one prospect of the 2020 class. He just signed a a deal worth $500,000. So you're talking about 18-year-olds making a decision, do I want to take care of my family or do I want to go risk injury, try and get my stock up? It just doesn't seem beneficial for everybody. How do y'all feel about that? Go ahead first, Trevor. I mean, since you kind of got like more experience as far as being a college athlete. Oh, me personally, uh, I played uh, Division two football at a very small school, and uh, I personally know the amount of time that it takes to go into into being a student athlete. You know, you wake up, you got meetings, then you got classes, practice, meetings after practice, individual team meetings, uh, position meetings, 
and then you got special team meetings, and then you got a team meeting at, at probably nine o'clock at night, and then you go to sleep and do it all over again. Um, so I know personally, if I had a chance to skip college now that knowing what I know and go straight to the league and take care of my family, I definitely would have made that decision. Um, I think it's great for the for the athletes. I think the athletes do a lot and make a lot of money for these Division One schools. And like I said, I play at a small D2, so I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine what a D1 amount of time that it goes into uh, performing for a school like that. So I, I'm excited, man. I want these kids to get paid, and I want them to make money, and I want them to be successful. So I think it's pretty good for them, for, for everybody in the situation. Maybe not the, the, maybe not the colleges, but I think it's good for the athletes. Yeah, uh, like I said, I mean, colleges, they're going to make their money anyway, anyhow, you know, from parking passes to tuition, any type of tuition PPs. So um, I know from a, a college student, I mean, we all, uh, well, Trevor graduated, me and Corey in college, um, but we know how much the fees and everything is. So the colleges definitely get their money. So um, they have enough money to uh, pay athletes, especially for the bigger, bigger name players, bigger star players that's actually filling up the arenas and uh, helping them make this money and then they're making money off the athletes. But as far as like the guys jumping straight to the G League, I like it. You know, you can always go back and get your education. You know, this is about your technically your career, really, if we're being honest. And so you might as well uh, start it, uh, start off right, get some pro experience, and then uh, see how the scouts like you, and then have a chance to get drafted. I mean, because what he got, uh, some people are getting what five hundred or hundred k, or I know that's a big Jaylen gap. Jalen Green, Jalen Green signed for five hundred thousand dollars. Isaiah Todd, Todd signed for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Now, mind you, these are G League contracts and these are potential contracts, but that's a whole lot of potential. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could have told me seventy k, yeah. and I'm, you know, if I'm in that position, seventy k, cool. Let me just get some pro experience, and especially if I know I'm not good, and the colleges ain't paying me, um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna make that move. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's one year, fellas. You know what I'm saying? We're talking $500,000 for one year. That's that's big time, especially when you was watching, you know, thankfully, you know, I, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. I can't imagine how kids coming from – some kids coming from nothing, then going to these big schools and not benefiting financially at all. It just seemed – I think we'll look back later and see how this was ridiculous. How did we let this go on so long? I think we'll see, we'll look back later and kind of laugh at this. Yeah, and these guys that's at these big Division One schools, especially basketball, they get their jerseys, their numbers sold, uh, sold a lot in the in the stores, and they don't get nothing from it. You know, some of them are hungry at night. I know with me being a college student, far away from home, five hours away, it was some nights I went to sleep hungry. You know, not because I I didn't. My parents they had the money. You know, they had money, but just I didn't want to call them and ask for it, or you know, just little things like that, man. I think that uh it really helped these student athletes. Like I said, they put their blood, sweat, and their tears into this this uh, school. And I think it could really help help them out, just give them some type of money. And if I had a chance, if I was good at basketball like them, I would have went straight to the league. <laughs> <laughs> so. I can't read it. I was never in that position. But, yeah, if I was, if I was like that in basketball, I'm definitely uh, taking my chance with the G League. Mm -hmm. Sure. Unless I just sure. to play for a certain coach. But. Sure. And I, I look – I honestly look to see more – player interaction with the G League coming forward. I look to see yeah. more tele televised games and exactly. uh, promotion. You know what I'm saying? Like, Especially man, now. like, they could do a lot with it. And you could have every team could have, like, a farmer team. Just like we have uh, – in Charlotte, we have the Greensboro – Greensboro uh, – Swarm. Swarm. I think yeah, so. Yeah, so 
So maybe maybe we can have a team in Charlotte instead of it being all the way in Greensboro, you know, and we can go to those games as well. And these kids can see their favorite G League guys grow up or develop, and they they can develop more fans. And it, it, it's good for everybody. I think it's good for the league. Yeah, so I think I think it's a good thing. And I think we uh, – I know Trevor sent me, uh, sent me an article. I think, Corey, you already had, uh, saw it. But I think I probably was the last one to see it about the uh, – I didn't read into it, which I should have, but uh, the colleges are going to start uh, possibly paying uh, students on their uh, – our athletes on their likeliness and marketing and stuff like that. So, I mean, they had to make a move because if uh, people wasn't going to go to college, they were going to go to other route maybe. Um, but play some type of amateur sport or professional amateur and get paid for it instead of you right. know, not getting paid to be an athlete. Definitely. I look. Um, I'm excited to see what they, you know, decide to do with the whole thing. It's just, it's a lot, a lot of money to be made for everybody. I think a lot of people could benefit from it. Yeah. As far as uh, I guess if we want to stick to basketball, I know this kind of like off topic. I ain't tell you guys we we're gonna be uh, talking about this, uh, but did you guys happen to see uh, Aaron Gordon uh, rap video dissing Dwayne Wade? I saw a little bit of it. Uh, I couldn't listen to much of it after the, after the first ten seconds. So. I kind of I gotta go back and listen to it. Hey man, uh, I, I saw I saw uh, the caption. I didn't click on the video, but I did see oh. the caption. It seemed like he was referencing the nine that he gave him instead of the ten or the score he should have got. You know, during All Star weekend, it was so trash. It was so bad, bro. Like I could, <laughs> I could. All three of us could do a better job than that man. The only thing was good that he had a quality camera. I don't think he's serious though. I think it's all for jokes. It's it's quarantine. You know, guys trying to express themselves, trying to get out of this quarantine nah, mindset. So I think he's just doing it for fun, honestly. Nah, bro took a, he, he, put, he spent too much time and effort, bro. He felt some type of way. Like I agree with him, he should have uh, won a dunk contest, but you ain't gonna catch me out here singing harmonies in the distance songs to wait. It, it and that's his second song, by the way. He oh, had first man. Oh, yeah, he needs to. Yeah, basketball <laughs> need to hurry up and come. Uh, come back for him, man. He, he definitely don't need to be one of those guys. Hey, it was a joke. I bet you it was a yeah. joke, but he probably really felt some type of way, too. Yeah. <laughs> he probably really, you know how athletes, they be really want to be rappers? <laughs> really probably thought In the studio, he probably, oh, yeah, this is nice. I'm going to drop this. I don't I don't think he wants to be a rapper, though. I think it's for fun. I think he's making a joke out of it just to do something. I honestly believe he, that. He could be right, right, but I don't know. The way, I don't know, I just felt like he was dead. I hope you're right. Watch it for yourself, bro. You're going to see. And Trevor rewatch it. He, he was serious. <laughs> I'm going to check it out. <laughs> uh, uh, with everything going on as far as the quarantine and things like that, how do y'all feel like it's going to affect the sport we do miss right now, basketball? Like, can basketball even come back? Can we even – realistically, can guys even step on the court in two weeks? Two weeks? Oh, no. They're going to uh, they're gonna have to get a lot of practice in. I have to say at least three. Yeah. Two weeks is cool, but I think three weeks at least can let them get their legs under them. Because um, I know people aren't able to work out at the facility right now. Um, so that's at least three. Uh, personally, I feel that we should just call this season over. Honestly, I don't, I know it's going to hurt, but I think we, the, the risk of getting everybody sick, you know, I don't think we should risk that at this point. And hopefully by next uh, fall. <laughs> or yeah, and by next fall or winter, basketball will be back. Um, I don't think we should. These guys had a break. You don't know what these guys have been doing. They've been going home, chilling, 
uh, not working out, not drinking water. So I don't want to. I don't want to see a bad product on on the floor at this point. You know. So you so think they should just end the season? I think they should end the season and just come and back. Make another like start a whole another season when they come back. Yep, whole another season. Nah, I think they might as well just wait until that time once everything clears up and the uh, corona is pretty much gone. And then uh, once it's gone, uh, resume the season. I mean, of course, yeah. have the practice time, but resume the season. The season. So when you, if you're looking at months from now, if you're looking at August, resuming the season, right? And how we got 30 more games left, maybe? Am I right? Uh, I think just about, that, bro. I just think about 30 good. games, right? So you play think, those 30 games plus the playoffs, go to the championship, it's going to be into the next basketball season by the time, you know, by the time this virus is out the way. Um, so I, I don't I don't see us coming back to the season. I think it hurts because I think the Lakers was was playing very well. I'm just going to throw that in there. And I know it sucks to, for other teams that was playing well, but I don't think we should come back to the season. Just from a health standpoint, just from not – I don't – we don't want everybody else to get sick just because we're trying to play a sport, if that makes I'm sense. A- I'm out to disagree, man. I think they can still make it happen uh, once everybody, everything is safe and it's okay for them to go back and play. I think they just resume the season. People are still fighting for playoff seed, seed and everything. You know, this came out of nowhere as far as this uh, coronavirus. And like I said, as long as it's safe for everybody to, to play, I think they might as well resume it. There's no need to waste the season. You know, they already lost so much money, they would get a lot of money back having the, uh, having the uh, playoffs and making that three-game series. Or, um, best, uh, best of three. Our best of ah, ah, best hey, of hey, that's if we gotta change stuff, you know what I mean? Like that's tough because you oh, like, you know what I'm saying? If I'm a competitor, all I needed was two more games. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh nah. And, and I'm down, you know what I'm saying? How we change the rules this year, you know what I'm saying? I would I would feel some type of way as a competitor. Nah, I think it'd be I think it'd be dope switching back to uh how they did in uh in the eighties. I was pretty much the best out of five. First one to three. It ain't not like that game seven, but I guess it's the really, same thing. You know, yeah, game yeah, five. You, see, you know what I'm saying? Who the who the who the, who the dogs out here, man? Who really out here hooping? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just would like the season to resume. I feel like it was too, they don't spend too much time and effort into the season. They just have everything just go away, man. Would y'all would y'all be okay if they did something where they maybe meshed a 20, 20, 20 uh championship that we would have had or twenty twenty season that we would have had with a 2021 season we would have had that's the only way i can really see a, a genuine compromise yeah no, that would be hard to do though it would be very hard remaining, to do that finish on your remaining schedule that's all we do i mean okay, but then the season's supposed to start in october so if we don't start back then say we don't start till exactly. say he said august that's tough i say finish. Yeah, it's hard i just say finish it and then we gotta yeah. jump right back into the the next season no, you, can, you can do a reduced season, a reduced games uh, after this season. Then that means we now, we got two, yeah. now we got two reduced seasons now. Now we got two seasons that was messed up. So yeah, it's like – I mean, we had the lockout time um, before. I think it was uh, 2011 or 2012 yeah. when it was around yeah, – It was on like a 59-game uh, season or something like that. So, I mean, I was like, might as well happen after this season is completed. I just feel like it, the I mean, goal is to have one season that's that's not normal, not heard, two. You heard what the goat said. Like, <laughs> what he said? James tweet man. He was like, uh, huh? he he said it's no. T- uh, he hasn't heard anything about the season ending. He would like to resume the season. That's what he said. I don't everybody, think, I don't think he, he's the goat yet. My bad, y'all. I don't think he's the goat yet. I just, you know, who said that? LeBron. LeBron. He said he hasn't heard anything. 
uh, about the season ending. He tweeted that out today. He said he hasn't heard anything about the season ending. He would like to resume it. Of course you want to resume. They was number one in the West. And they, yeah, they well, MVP what? basketball. I you, mean, don't think Jordan, you don't think Jordan would have felt that way? Kobe? He would probably yeah, be number one. Everybody would feel that way. Yeah, but I bet you LeBron. I ain't even gonna say that. I ain't even gonna say that. Don't say it. I bet you LeBron would. I bet you LeBron would be feeling like that if he was if he had if he didn't have a squad he had right now. Exactly. That's why he's so excited because he see it. He see it. Oh, he the GM. Yeah. Nah, man. Jordan was the GM, Connor. Yeah, he's the GM. That's why they not together no more. Yeah, because Jordan was the GM. He definitely would have had Phil Jackson as continue Would have been the coach any uh any final topics you guys want to run through real quick nah you know before we leave out i gotta gotta go ahead and get get in with so this week the athlete every week if you're not if it's your first week listening most weeks we try to let y'all know about an athlete unfortunately that has became gotten some trouble you'll be surprised how often it happens it's, it's kind of unfortunate hopefully people kind of see it and Maybe the athletes listening in will kind of take something from it. Stay focused, man. Stay focused. Trevor, I know you know all about it. But Tashawn Hightower, Tulane guard, from originally from Georgia, played two years at Georgia University, 22-year-old guard, was arrested this month. Uh, he, he was in, allegedly involved in a murder that took place on April 8th uh, that involved a gentleman, a friend of his, that was assaulted earlier that day. He then called uh, Tashawn, High, Tashawn Hightower over to the resident of the victim. Uh, that's when things ensued, and allegedly his brother uh, shot the victim. So now Tashawn Hightower has been, and that statement, that's, that's uh, based on comments made by his lawyer and uh, people of his camp. Uh, so now he just recently dra- uh, declared for the draft 10 days after this alleged murder. So it's just kind of hard to see what is the guy thinking, man. What's your thoughts on that? How, how unfortunate is that? Uh, you know, I think that's it's a sad thing. Another another young life uh, gone. Um, I think we are the company that we keep. Honestly, I think uh, personally, I put myself around people that I know um, have their best. They have their own best interests and my best interests. Uh, I don't know the details, like all the details, like you told us. Um, I think we should. I, I have to do more research about it. But it's just a sad thing that somebody has to die over something that, you know, probably wasn't even that serious at the point of time. So, you know. Yeah, because he said that he, uh, he's getting tried for attempted murder or um, no, he's, he's, murder. He's, <laughs> he's being charged with a felony murder. The gentleman, the victim, Devontae Long, another uh, young man, he died as a result. I think that's tough, man. Wrong, maybe wrong place, wrong time. Uh, I always say, um, I heard other people say it as well, so um, you shouldn't be somewhere where you need a gun. So that's a bad decision-making on his part. He knew he, he got a, uh, a lot going on as far as being uh, interned in the draft and everything, so why put yourself in that situation? And condolences to the victim's family. Hopefully, you know, everything works out for the best, but, yeah, you shouldn't be surrounding yourself with that, you know. Now, if we hear differently that it may have been self-defense, then, you know, Okay, you got to do what you got to do. But if it's that's not the case, man, and there was just some ego stuff going on, bro, why why waste your, your talents because you're going to jail or why why take somebody else's life? You know, so I think it's yeah. a sad thing. It's just sad. 
it's just a sad situation. Definitely, definitely sad. Um, right now, his lawyer is trying to say his lawyer is stating that it wasn't self-defense. Um, whatever the result's gonna be, I, I hope I do hope they move it along. Not, not, um, not to uh, to not show any sort of sensitivity to the victim's family, nothing like that. But if in fact he was uh, this was self-defense, I would hate for him to miss out on the next stage of his life because of this. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, and still, even with the self-defense, sometimes you still got to say it, man. Should I be here? You know, I mean, I know stuff happens where you can't even, you don't even know what's going to go down, but I don't know. Just hey, hopefully, um, maybe him or somebody else can learn from it. I don't know. Hopefully. Uh, uh, last final thought, a uh, quick hitter. Um, as far as the Draymond comments on KD, uh, I know uh, he was uh, on a, um, like a video call with uh, Maverick Carter, and uh, I forgot the other guy's uh, name. But he pretty much said that uh, Katie uh, should have came out and said what he was going to do instead of uh, the team having to ask the forum uh, about his free agency uh, decisions last uh, that was going to uh, take an effect last summer. So uh, how do y'all feel about that real quick? Uh, I feel one statement could have ended it all. You know, he could have told the media that I'm playing basketball for the words right now and my goal is to win every game I can for them. And at the end of the season, I will address my future with the team. That simple. And everything that's been done uh, is, is a certain type of professionalism, I feel, is, is, is a certain type of being a teammate. You know, you have to, you have, you have to, you know, some people gonna think about themselves, but at the same time, you're the benefit. You have to win for the team. You got to think, put the team first. Yeah, that's the type of person I am. So, I just think one statement could have ended it all. I, um, I I do I it got mixed feelings on it because I hear you I definitely hear you on that and it'll definitely uh the only bad thing is we're dealing with KD it's K sniper D you mm. know what I'm saying as long as he was putting in the work through the season he was putting in the time through the season I didn't I wouldn't have had a problem with it it looks like Dre kind of took more offense to it because the media was coming into play a little too much they felt like they was playing the middleman I'm, I'm i'm honestly not too informed on it but i i wouldn't have had a problem with kevin durant not making any statements as long as we were still playing at the at the, the way we were playing we still being efficient yeah like so i think uh kevin durant man i just think he probably didn't know what he wanted to do at the moment either so i don't think he wanted to say oh um, i don't want to be here and then come free agency he actually wants to stay you know, and I don't think he wanted to make a promise to the fans saying, oh, I'm going to stay here. Then come free agency, he wanted to, you know, get up and go. I think he really was waiting to see how the finals played out and make his decision, you know. You know, people it, it, speculate and say that he, he probably already had his decision made, but, you know, you got to wait to see, see how the season played out. I mean, we definitely see how he, like, put it all out there um, in the playoffs. You know, it cost him um, some uh, – possibly a championship. Well, I'll say it cost him a championship because if KD was fully healthy going against the Raptors, it wouldn't have been the parade in Toronto, so. Nah, not at all. Yeah, most definitely. I don't have a problem with it. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Anybody, anything else you want to touch on? Or that's pretty much covers it. Appreciate you coming through on, on this episode, Trevor. Yes, Coach sir. Brown. Yeah, man, Great. appreciate okay. y'all, man. Hopefully, hopefully it's more to come with me on here, man. Yes, sir, man. Yeah. Thank you. That's our first guest on the podcast. And, you know, like I said, hopefully many more with you and others. So, hey, you know, everybody reach out to us. I will reach out to y'all. Um, and everybody stay safe during this quarantine. Yes, sir. Y'all yeah, take it easy.